Good morning. I am your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the September 4th, 2018 edition of Ask a Leader. State primaries are being held today in Massachusetts and this Thursday in Delaware. As I open this show, many media outlets are broadcasting gavel-to-gavel coverage of Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Senator Judiciary Committee Chair Grassley, already opening the proceedings, is showing his agrarian stronger suit. It certainly isn't civics, not the kind of precision I'm seeing out there. My esteemed guest, Rick Hassan of UCI Law School, has already tweeted this morning. He's just thinking about scrapping his lesson plan for legislation class this morning and just having the class watch the Senate Judiciary Committee debate Democrats' motion to adjourn the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. A number to call to voice in, folks. It's to the uh, to Washington D.C. to the to Congress 202-224-5225. Now for today's program, Jorge Hermosillo of the Orange County Communities Organized for Responsible Development (OCORD) will put on the map and on your calendar their huge citizenship fair in Anaheim on September 29th, an opportunity for all to assist applicants to become natural citizen and process becoming more fraught under the current administration in the White House. The fair will be here before we know it, so that's why we want you to see September 29 put down. In the second segment, Diana Kavanaugh will return to talk as a board member about the Assistant League of Irvine September 12th, igniting potential, a collaborative giving day, as well as ongoing fundraising efforts toward meeting the needs of not-so-affluent households in Irvine. Dispel myth, dispel myths. We'll be right back after a short station break. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My guest today, the first guest, is Jorge Hermosillo. He is a citizenship coordinator at Orange County Communities Organized for Responsible Development. We'll call it OCORD as our shorthand for the day. Uh, It's a local nonprofit that gets a lot of jobs done, and he'll talk about that today. Jorge hails from a small Western Kansas town before moving to Southern California in early 2016, June 2016. Jorge's work in Kansas included volunteering for a battered women's shelter, One Struggle KC, Una Lucha KC, which advocated for racial equity, and local food banks. Soon after arriving to California, Jorge started volunteering for OCORD by assisting applicants in completing the naturalization form known as the N-400. Listeners heard me refer to this many times as I referred back to this amazing fair. After his hard work and innovative ideas at the naturalization fair, Jorge joined the citizenship team in September 2017. He now helps recruit applicants, volunteers, design floor plans, and initiated the internship program at Accord. He completed an associate degree in business and a certification in cosmetology. He comes to us today from his corner office in Westminster at the Accord organization. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Jorge Emerson. Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Well, first, just give us the shorthand. What is OCORD trying to get done? Just the, just the shortest hand yeah. so we all have that little elevator pitch for bringing I everybody know, right? on board. What's that elevator pitch? So basically what OCORD is trying to do is just get the community involved in the electorate. So as you're talking about all these things going on, November's coming up, all of that. We um, help to educate the community on the issues, like whether it be a living wage, whether it be rent control in Santa Ana, or whether it be citizenship, which is what I offer. So 
through our citizenship program, once people become citizens, as you know, they have the ability to start voting. So our responsibility is once they become citizens, is to let them know about upcoming um, things that are happening, um, upcoming ballots, um, what you need to know, um, other organizations that might be doing um, better work or more in-depth work um, that we will be able to refer them out to. So basically, we are just here to educate the community and to build a stronger community through education and leadership building. Well, and you're, you're, I just want so people have an idea of just, you know, uh, how established you are, the funding sources, uh, besides your huge in-kind contributions of professional services, like from lawyers and, and accountants mm-hmm. and everybody. It's also mm-hmm. the California Endowment, Orange County mm-hmm. Community Foundation, Unite Here, uh, California Department of Social Services, Rosenberg Foundation, Annenberg Foundation, Ir- James Irvine, Weingart Foundation, Swain Family, and, as I said, labor unions when I was talking about Unite Here. So let's talk about how the citizenship fair works and when and where, whose talent you already have and who you're looking for. While people are listening to how it works, they can see whether or not they're the people, see what they can bring to this whole amazing processing. Yeah, of course. So for any information, if you just go to occord.org, you can see our tabs for citizenship, if you need citizenship help or volunteer help. Um, but basically what our fairs do is we help them complete the naturalization application. So as, as a volunteer, Claudia, you know that um, it's 20 pages, which can be very intimidating as you've been to the trainings. Even being in the training is very intimidating. So we help them ease their mind from the burden of having to fill out that paperwork. They come in with some basic information. We fill out their paperwork. And then through that, we have a lawyer review their paperwork for them. Because we do have volunteers doing this, we want to be very careful that the applications that we're sending through the mail are um, good and that we're not putting anyone at risk, which is why we have the lawyers there to do pre-screens, and then we also have them there to review the applications to make sure that everything is great. Then we give them packaging materials, and then they go mail it themselves. We also give them lists of free classes that Accord uh, helps sponsor, and then we also work with local community colleges to help um, low-income people who need help on their civics exam. Well, also assistance with <clears throat> making the application itself. There's there are either partial or full fee waivers for it's. The, what is it for a full? It's is it not around nine hundred? Because half of it's a it's a four fifty partial waiver. Yeah, so some people may qualify on, on a half waiver, which would be $400, but the full amount that the application costs, the citizenship application, which we do not charge, it's all immigration, is $725. So yes, that's almost $1,000, and when you're talking about low income, that's a lot of money. Even for me being, I would say, not low income, but medium to low, that's a lot of money to just shell out. And it's not a guaranteed you're going to get that money, like you're going to get your investment in the return. You might fail the test and have to pay that $700 again. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a heavy, it's a heavy burden, and we help to fill out fee waivers, like you said, for low income and also for people who have public benefits, like Medi-Cal or food stamps, um, so they don't have to pay anything or, like you said, pay only $405. So well, you were saying it's sort of a it's, – it's, I don't want you to be too easy on how it's, it's how straightforward the, the 20 – Two, almost 22 page of the N400 is it's it's for mm-hmm. people to let sink in it's it's asking for a five-year history of a person's mm-hmm. employment of mm-hmm. their travel I mean it's got to mm-hmm. all match up with the whole it's invasive na- national it's very you're where mm-hmm. every single of your offspring is residing mm-hmm. everybody every family member your own marital history your spouse's marital history and locations and your employment history it's really extensive for some very complicated bios that uh, to put down in that form yeah it's very complicated and you know and imagine doing that all by yourself so we really help to ease that burden off of the people the only information the only thing they really have to do is bring that information because as you know it's hard to fill out an application in about the last five years if you don't show up that day with that information right you need to have that already and that's what of course the beautiful thing is that you're doing along with mm-hmm. other o court staff is to get get them up and running on preparing theirs and it still is it still is difficult we, when we're there there mm-hmm. are people that are still trying to dial up where you know the spouse and find <laughs> out because that you have to know your spouse's 
green card number, and not not necessarily everybody's going to be carrying that around all the time. So it's yeah, it's very very detailed, and it's everything has to add up. So I want to find out what was leading up. Now Telemundo covered yeah. this whole accord, you know, process of a citizenship fair, and so what. So I don't know how they got a hold of you. you. Can tell us a little bit about that and how it explains how unique Accord's forum is for, with the citizenship fair, and that you're it, and there's nothing. And what's going on in LA? Yeah. So basically, Telemundo uh, was, uh, was able to get con- uh, a contact through my colleague Andres Rivera. So because we work with so many people, and like you're naming all these partnerships, right. that is how we get we get other people to notice us. So um, basically, this event on um, September 29th, which is going to be our mega fair, which we're going to cover, yes. um, is in combination with the health fair with the city of Anaheim. So through that, we're also collaborating with the city of Anaheim, which gave us more connections, which led to Telemundo. So basically, Telemundo came and did like not even I don't even think it was like an hour. It was like maybe like 10 minute little segment that they did in the morning and at night and it blew up our our telephone like lines like completely like the phones would not stop ringing like it's and we're still feeling the effects of that today so so this is a call for volunteers to come on in and help out with the phone itself calling yeah of course yeah because even the volunteer tab that we have a record like i said you know citizenship might not be your thing if you like canvassing if you like talking about the living wage if you like talking about you know, rent control, if, if there's anything that you want to get involved in, even answering phones, like that is something that we can offer because like our services are free because of volunteers. So it's hard for us to sustain this free model for these through these people when we don't have volunteers coming or even applicants who show up and then don't come back as volunteers. Because as you know, I don't know about you, but usually if I have someone that I that looks like me that went through the same process that is helping me through it. I feel more at ease than I do like an eighteen-year-old, if you know what I mean. Oh uh, well, and they are. I mean, they're interested in helping out, but there is a different sort of level of of sophistication in understanding, you know, how to how to make this work, not just smoothly, but just mindfully, just because it, it exactly. I feel like I could do an oral history with somebody after <laughs> having uh, completed the form with all of those things gone. So, does the Telemundo coverage signal that there isn't anything like this going on in a much larger population in L.A. County. Honestly, that's what it's showing, because we even have people calling from L.A. Um, well, they always have been. Yes, and there okay. are small clinics that happen, but not like us, because with us, it's regular. It's every month. It's two every month. It's, you know, we're actively out there, which on L.A., I don't know if their primary focus is the same thing that we do or if they just offer small clinics as as part of like community help that they do every once in a while because we have partners like Cheerla um which are in LA as well um so what it kind of What does Cheerla stand depends. for? Oh my gosh, Coalition oh. of Human Immigrant Rights LA um Cheerla yeah and um that's also an organization Naleo N A L-E-O, I can't tell you the acronym for that, but okay. they also <laughs> they also are helping us with the citizenship fair um, this, uh, this September 29th, and they also work in L.A., so I don't know. I just don't think the, the large scale that we offer are what, are what they have in L.A., and fun fact, Accord has one of the best um, floor plans out of any... And any, that matters. For any, yeah, any organization coordinating these types of events all over America. Like my friend, um, well, my friend, well, he's my friend and my colleague, Andres, he went to Hawaii. I went to Vegas. He went to another one in Vegas. We went to one in Florida. And all of those events did not compare half as great as what we offer here at Accord. The organization, the the, 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 the level of, of um, importance that we place on the applicants, I think, is what makes them want to come back. You know, we're not just like, oh, it's a free service. I'm going to give you... Um, uh, uh, bad service because it's free. No, like we care more about what they want and what they think, which I think shows when they show up to the fair and the volunteers because, you know, you come back because of the the way you feel, not because of like, oh, they gave me free food, <laughs> you know? So, Jorge, if somebody from L.A. is coming, um, I'm calling in, can they come to the fair? Yeah, they can, of course. Okay. They just have to make an appointment because, like I said, if you don't want them to come from L.A., just to come and then a lawyer tell them, oh, hey, you have to come back with your criminal record. Whenever we can call you and tell you, oh, hey, 
if you have a criminal history, we need your criminal record. So when you come to the fair, you're more likely to go through the whole process than to waste your whole time, drive all the way to L.A., and then for us to give you another appointment next month, like, that's really frustrating. So you talked about the couple of fairs, and what ORCOR does is to make the effort of moving the venue all around Orange County to accommodate everybody uh, making, mm-hmm. you know, going through this application. So let's, uh, for those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Jorge Amasio, Citizenship Coordinator at the Orange County Communities Organized for Responsible Development, or CORD, as we've said, is the shorthand. It's a local nonprofit. He's talking in advance of the mega, super big deal citizenship fair running on the the 29th is the citizenship the fair, and the 23rd is going to be our training. Yes, we're going to talk about fair. that. Yeah. Exactly. It's at the Anaheim Convention Center. We're giving everybody advance notice to participate in something so consequential. And I, I never know, Jorge, between you and, <laughs> and any other listeners, who benefits more from this, you know, with helping out somebody and the rush of being able to, to help out. So we're going to we're going to move in then to this actual fair at Anaheim Convention Center. You're expecting to process up about a thousand different people? We're expecting to have a thousand people show up. Um, I'm not expecting all of them to get completed, but we are expecting about a thousand people to show up. And then, like I mentioned before, the Citizenship Fair on September 29th is also a combined health fair with the city. So that 1,000 number that we're projecting is just us. That's not the city of Anaheim. So it's going to be a very packed event. But, yeah, we are expecting to have about 1,000 people show up. So, yeah, we're definitely wanting as much manpower as possible. So to help with that, September 26th is when we're going to host an all-day training for anybody who's interested so that you don't show up the day in the fair and you're overwhelmed. Because I don't know about you, but I haven't been privileged enough. Well, I've been privileged enough to be in crowds of thousands. But it can be pretty intimidating, especially if it's your first time volunteering or if it's your first time in front of crowds. It's, it's, it's a lot. So we try to have the training a few days before so we can have a relaxed environment to be able to focus and concentrate on what we're going to do. So, Jorge, let's break down the, what's expected the training. Is it it's an, sort of an ongoing people can come in for a different at, at different hours of the day around their own busy schedules for training? So basically. So basically, is once you once you go to occord.org slash volunteer, you're going to visit our page um, to sign up for the fair. So once you sign up for the fair, my volunteer coordinator, Mai Win, will be able to coordinate uh, further with you. So the 26th, we're going to have two trainings. We have one in the morning, which will start at 9, and a second that will start at 5. So that is going to tra- um, train different bases. So you do N-400 Claudia, which I love you so much for doing. But some people may not want to do that because, yes, it is a form and it is intimidating. So we also have line coordinators, people who, who get applicants from one station to another. It might seem mundane or, oh, what do I need to do that? But you don't understand how much it helps us to have people coordinating the crowd. Because I don't know about you, but coordinating a thousand people is very difficult especially when you have other things going on. So, yeah, people to coordinate the lines. We also need interpreters. Um, We don't just have Spanish speakers. We also have a lot of different people um, from all over Orange County. As you know, Orange County is a very diverse county. It's not one or the other. It's it's many blended together, and it's beautiful. And, you know, we need Arabic speakers. We need Spanish speakers. We need Vietnamese speakers. We need Urdu speakers. We need anything that you can offer, we will take. Um, We also um, help people that uh, keep track of the numbers, people who help with applicant registration, and like you said, also with the phone calls, because, you know, that's not specific to the fair, but we also need people to help coordinate the the phone calls that we have coming in so that the applicants that come on September 29th are prepared and ready to go, which is a crucial part to the fair organization within itself. So the day of the 26th, which is a Wednesday, either at 9 a.m. or 5 p.m., whichever one you decide you want to do, we will have a different training in every single room. We'll have an orientation of the whole fair together, but we will talk with you and see what you'd want to help with or if you're even capable of being a leader. Because, like I said, we're into leadership development, and if you feel like you deserve more responsibility, then I, who am I to tell you that not to do that? So... It's true. I mean, you're talking about the the line leaders and all that. It's so what it gives some kind of structure to this sort of huge uh, enterprise where people are sort of sort of reeling with what what it is to expect. You know, what what kind how much preparation do they still need? And so it's a there's all sorts of pieces. That, and I guess I just feel like saying, Jorge, that for those. Well, 
who hear the languages that are requested. For those of you who don't maybe necessarily, you're not fluent. I'm not fluent. I'm not even close. Mm. But I'm able to help with the Spanish speaker processing the paperwork. I can tell what those answers are. I can see from the documents what I need to fill into the form. So uh, people don't underestimate your talents here. What uh, You can mm-hmm. really, really contribute to the fair. Exactly. And I, I thank you so much for bringing that up because I want to stress that as well because a lot of monolingual, speaker, uh, monolingual speakers um, tend to think that same thing that you do. Like, oh, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't speak Spanish. I have no help. But like you said, a lot of it is transcribing. And if they come prepared with their documents, it's really easy for you to help. And if you can't help in N-400, there's many of other places that you can help, like a fee waiver. Or there's a lot of other things that you can do. So don't let any limitations that you think you have um, stop you from contacting us because we're very inclusive and we try to help as many people as possible. We even have um, a blind interpreter because we want to help as many people as possible. If you can move, not even if you can move, if you have the will to want to work and help these people out, we'll take it. Like anybody, it doesn't matter. Well, let's. there's a little chance to give you all a little chance to pat yourselves on the back. I'm, I'm noticing <laughs> when I go, there is a very steady return rate of your volunteers. Yeah. Once people get started, they continue mm-hmm. to come every single month. Mm-hmm. And I, let's talk about, too, you honored, I, I got the little uh, email blast last week, you honored mm-hmm. um, over, th- well, yesterday, uh, Daisy Chavez and for mm-hmm. her leadership and dedication. So she va- found out about Accord when her parents were processed about a year and a half ago, and they then she decided to, to get involved. So talk about the kind of volunteer attraction and commitment and the sort of persistent obligation they keep up. Yeah, so Daisy's a great example that she came to the fair, and while her parents were waiting, she noticed that we were a little backed up and we're a little busy. So with that, she was just like, hey, I'm just going to help them. And then after that, she decided to come back, which it, it, it's just so crazy that the fact what what helping someone, but even just because for her, like, let's say, let's say she didn't have any specific immigration um, 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 interest or anything like that. The fact that she wanted to help and she found her place in accord was really good. And that's why we really felt the need to honor her because I, I don't know about you, but if I go anywhere with my parents and I see um, them having a hard time, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the type of person that's going to get up and say, I need to help them. I need to fix this or anything like that. And to have someone like that um, volunteer for organization really helps me re, like really think about the work that we are doing that it's more than just the applicants, you know, it's, it's the thing, it's the, it's, it, we give volunteers an opportunity to, to help when, when, um, especially when it's not really too convenient for them, if I'm making any sense. And I also kind of forgot a little bit about your question. I'm so sorry. No, it's, <clears throat> it's just about the, the extent to which volunteers, once they start, they return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's also that we take their opinions very seriously and we care a lot about what they have to say. So I think that also helps because for us, we have volunteer surveys. And yeah, you know, a lot of places have surveys, whatever, complete after you do this or you buy this. I understand that. It's mostly for them to get, you know, the quota and to not get in trouble. But for us, we always tell volunteers, if there's anything that you don't like at all, one specific thing, like, please just tell us so we can do something to fix it. And I think they can, I mean, obviously you're a volunteer, maybe you can tell me, but I think that they feel that we care about their well-being. Um, and we also care about, um, their interests, because also, like, let's say you do say, I want to get more involved, what can I do? We also give them the platform to get more involved. You know, we introduce them to our partners. We had a volunteer that turned into an intern that turned into a lawyer intern for a different organization. Like, yeah, that wow. means that we lost her, but now she's in a place where she can grow professionally and she wants to be, and that was all through our connection. So I think that's what it is. I think that it's, it's we care about the person, whether it be an applicant or volunteer, and I think the volunteers know that, and that's why they show up. Because, you know, sometimes, like you said, we don't have enough food, it's too hot or something, but they still come back, which I think is, is really great to say because, you know, I've heard from other organizations that have trouble retaining volunteers that they care so much about, you know, the atmosphere, that there's enough food, that everyone has this, and that there's AC, and that there's fans everywhere, and that they have a lot of water, but they don't come back because they don't feel like the staff 
you know, wants to connect with them or wants to go further with them. And that's something that we do. So there's first the address for on Garden Grove Boulevard where the training's happening yeah. on. Let's give that yeah. address. Yeah, so our address for our office, and you said Westminster, but it's actually Garden Grove. It's actually one Why three. Why do I do that? Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> it's one. It's all the same. Uh, one three, five two five two. Let me repeat it one more time. One three two five two, Garden Grove Boulevard, and our uh, suite number is two zero four, and we're in Garden Grove, California, nine two eight four three, and that training is going to be September twenty sixth. It's going to be at 9 a.m. and then again at 5 p.m. And if you'd like to register for the fair, a quick way to do it is OCCORD.org slash volunteer for September 29th, which is the Saturday right. for the fair at the Anaheim Convention Center. And so the Anaheim Convention Center, everybody can pull up that address. Mm-hmm. And the parking is on mm-hmm. the house. Don't worry about that, folks. You just pull your car in. Yes. And that is not an issue. And it's all of that, that the mega destination addresses around there are mm-hmm. there's steep parking. But that, that is not <laughs> a concern there. So tell us how people sign up then, how it works with the, you know, when you start the actual citizenship fair on the 29th, you know, how the, the early hours, yeah. where, where you need the volunteers, what times, and I mean, yeah, of course. All, all, how this is all going to work. Yeah, so we actually are starting at 7 a.m. Um, wow. All the staff is required to be there at 7 a.m. You're welcome to get there at 7 a.m. Um, we're asking all volunteers, all volunteers to be there by, that does not mean after, that means by or before 7.30. Um, and then we start taking appointments at 8, p- 8, 8 a.m. So what, app, what volunteers would be helping in the beginning would be obviously controlling the crowds outside because, like I mentioned before, it is a combined health fair with the city. So we're going to have a lot of people asking a lot of different questions. Is this citizenship? Is this the health fair? Is this the dentist? Is this, you know, naturalization? And we need people to be able to control those crowds early in the mornings. So we typically have some people out in the hallways. We also have some people in the parking structure. And then we have people in the applicant registration. So what that's just going to require is some basic infer- basic training about what documents you're asking for and what you're looking for. Because, like, like you know, if you sh- don't show up um, with your information, it turns into a whole we're calling people, people aren't calling back, we're calling back to the question, which adds on to your wait time, which adds on to everybody's wait time. So we need volunteers there to help make sure that everyone is showing up prepared and on time and respecting our time and then their time as well. So we also need people who are going to help them fill out their intakes, which um, an intake is basic uh, demographic information that the government does not collect, but um, the lawyers collect just for themselves and also a waiver. Um, and then th- and then with that um, is when we'll get started on eligibility. So any volunteer, if you're listening and you've already volunteered for us, we're doing a special N-400 training for the volunteers who have came to, to our N-400 trainings a lot and want right. to do a little bit more. So that is going to be a separate training for our experienced volunteers, which I'm not going to mention on the radio because we really want volunteers who have contacted us and said, hey, I want to take this a little bit further. Um, So we're going to have a training um, with these legal attorneys so that they can start helping with eligibility. So one of the things I didn't mention at the fair is before they do the application, they talk to an accredited representative to see if they're eligible. So now we have experienced volunteers to help do that that pre-screening for to help the lawyers so we can really maximize our time and maximize the volunteers experience at our fairs so, so and then with that like i told you we have n400 um which people will be helping and then also fee waiver and then we also have uh, packaging education um and then also coordinating within all of those different departments so like i said coordinating the line outside that is one little part and we also have to have eight more people coordinating to the other areas because the convention center is pretty huge. I don't know if you've been there, yes. Claudia, but it's very, yeah, very year. large, very big. So but and not all everybody's going to be able to get there at 7, 730. So what's yeah. what's our expectation for the, the way you want to seamlessly bring everybody on board to be useful and productive? Yeah, of course. So we have two shifts. So we have one at 730, and then we also have one at 1130 because we don't want people being there all day. 
So once you get there, we really want everyone to get something to eat, to uh, have breakfast. Um, the convention center is going to be so gracious enough to offer that for free for everybody. So with that is we expect everybody to get something and to be in their seats by 8 o'clock. So with that, we just expect everyone to be prepared, um, to um, have any questions that they have answered right then and there. Um, right then and there so that they can, um, so that when they enter the fair and all the craziness starts, they don't feel like, oh, I can't ask a question. It's too busy right now. So basically the, what their expectation is, is to show up by, like, honestly, the only expectation we have is to show up, show up. before 730. <laughs> yeah, that really, that really is it. And everything else just falls into place. Um, but really, that that's the one thing I want to stress to everyone listening to our radio. Please be on time. Me being a kid from high school, I used to show up five minutes late or 20 minutes late to everywhere because I thought it was cute. It's not cute when you're a professional. It's really annoying when people don't show up on time. Okay. Very, very so annoying. What I, I want for people to understand what's going on. It's become a more fraud. I mentioned this at the very beginning of the program is that it's, it's a new day with immigration bureaucracy. And there was another mm-hmm. piece in the New York Times about that within the last day or so. And mm-hmm. so when people come in, what is their reasonable expectation when, when they bring, when they start to fill out that N-400 at a citizenship fair, when do they expect to be voting customers, Jorge? Yeah. So unfortunately, um, yes, with the new administration and everything that's happening, um, applications are being delayed heavily. So I don't know if if you're talking about the same New York Times article that I saw, but basically um, they're with they're they're postponing about ninety six percent of the applications that are coming into USCIS. So before back in the day, even when in oh my gosh, when two thousand sixteen, um, people can get through their whole entire process in about four to six months. And now, let's say you come to our fair in September and you, and you send in your application that same day, you might get an appointment for an interview January 2020. It really depends. We ha- I, ha- I met a lady at the swap meet yesterday that sent in her application in August of, of last year and just has her interview on the 22nd of this month. So it took her a year, a year and a month. For her to get her interview, so it's it's really hard to tell, and it's hard to tell as the year goes on, even in 2019, how much longer it'll take. But all applicants are looking at a 12 to 14 month wait period. So they're they're in a kind of a limbo then with that because yes, they're they are. they're they're they've they're holding legit green cards, but it's mm-hmm. but they're and they're not. Has there been a complication? I'm not asking you. I'm asking you a legal question, but, but, you, know, but you've right? seen this. So when their green card is getting close to expiring, how does that work in with them being in the, in the mill with this citizenship processing? Yeah, so basically once they're in the process, once they've received confirmation from USCIS, which is immigration, um, that they've received their application, they're fine. As long as they prove that paperwork and they have that paperwork, they should be fine. The only issue that they have is with traveling. So, yes, they yeah. are in a state of limbo, and we do have applicants who put in the application to be a citizen right before their green card expires because I, I don't know if, if, you're, if your viewers know this or if you know this, but the, uh, the green card application is actually like $560 about. So they're trying to save that money by just paying the citizenship one first. But in that meantime, their green card is expiring. So the only issue that they come across is with traveling. And I don't know about you, a lot of them have sick parents and sick family members that they have to go see in their home countries, which tends to pose a really big problem whenever they're they're filing their paperwork. For those of you who've been tuned, you just tuned in, my guest is Jorge Hermosillo. He's a citizenship (laughs) coordinator at Orange County Communities Organized for Responsible Development. We're talking about the A, the training, September 26 at their Garden Grove location, and then the September 29th actual citizenship fair on at in at the Anaheim Convention Center coming up. It's right around the corner. It'll be here in no time. And so uh, we'll as we're sort of drawing down in the time, and that, that it's important that people have an understanding of 
the expectations for when all this is getting done. Um, so there's, I just want to have, give you a chance to talk about who's who's showing up, who's you're coalescing with, like the the public law center, or um, who are some of the the religious and the political, uh, the uh, the legal <laughs> entities that are contributing their person power here. Yeah. So we have so many partners. Um, we actually have a public law center. Uh, we have World Relief. We have Catholic Charities. We have uh, the Korean Resource Center. We have the Mexican Consulate, the City of Anaheim, uh, uh, Catholic Charities, Naleo, um, who else? So the New Americans Campaign, which is all of those legal organizations combined together, CARE, um, a lot. And every day more people are being added, and we're always accepting um, vendor applications so that people can have a table at our event. So it's so many organizations. To, it's, it's a lot, but basically it's a New Americans campaign, which is um, a coalition created um, from all these nonprofit legal organizations that get together to help offer these free services. Because like I said, we're not the only ones in the country that do this. We're just one of the most and better organized ones out of everyone. Well, Jorge, I'm hoping that that the interest you've drummed up with the Telemundo coverage in L.A., mm -hmm. that the Accord template is going to be adopted not just in Los Angeles County, the best fitting sorts of uh, organizations, but all along the, mm -hmm. not just the border, I guess, border states, but throughout the country, because it's a marvel to be, to participate in that. I just have mm -hmm. to speak the praises of that. I'm, I'm so personally touched by what's going on there, what I've learned and, uh, and working alongside people, including there, there was a recently naturalized citizen who's become a volunteer. I'm just so touched with mm -hmm. everybody who's got mm -hmm. something to do. So I wish you well in getting help leading up to the, the training and the citizenship fair. I will see you at both. I will look forward to listeners asking questions. They can go to the the uh, podcast, and I'm going to have all the addresses and the schedules down here with the Accord website so people can sign up and be forces to be reckoned with. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you, Jorge. My guest was Jorge Amasio, Citizenship Coordinator of Orange County Community Organized for Responsible Development. We're giving everyone advance notice to participate because it's so consequential to help. We'll be right back after a short station break. Diana Kavanaugh will be on, and to t she was previously on here talking about other fundraisers, but today we'll talk about the September 12th fundraiser with the Orange County Community Foundation Igniting Potential. We'll be right back, don't go away. Stephen Turay, The Very Thought of You, with Kenny Barron, Buster Williams, and Willie Jones II. Thank you for staying tuned, everybody. My next guest on this show is Diana Kavanaugh, and that's with the C, it's not with the K, with the other one that's getting all the attention <laughs> today and before. And she is here to cover Igniting Potential, a giving day to support the youth to be held next week that's September 12th. Diane is a Resource Development Committee member of the Irvine Assistance League Thrift and Gift Shop. She completed her BA in psychology at San Diego State College. Her first real job was the director of the Chula Vista Girls Club until she became a social worker in adoptions in San Diego County, and she earned her law degree at Western State University. She's an Oregon, was an Orange County public defender in criminal law, then on to a private practice. After taking an enlightened and protracted breather of a sojourn in the Pacific from parental and professional ordeals, she resumed a, a legal career in private practice. She reactivated the Newport Harbor Bar Association. She worked as a panel attorney for the local U.S. Attorney's Office to represent multiple defendants on alien smuggling, big drug cases, identity theft, bank robberies, marriage fraud, visa fraud cases. Her business flair is how she capped the career, in her own words, 
I retired from private practice on St. Patrick's Day 2008 and con disconnected my business phone. <laughs> so several years later, she headed over to the Assistance League, and she joins me today in studio. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Diana Kavanaugh. Thank you, and good morning, Claudia. Good morning. Well, you're the only thrift store of, of your kind in our town of now more... It's oh well over 250,000. It's kind of an interesting data point. Let's first have people consider the economic realities of Irvine's constituents and how the Assistance League meets the needs. And uh, you were kind enough to share with me a recent Orange County Register article that is putting the cost of living in Orange County at it's about 87% higher than the U.S. average, but the median family income is 42% of the national median. So this there's a lot of myths I'm sure you're always presenting, you're busting all around the city of Irvine for people to understand why any charitable contribution is not even enough. Well, that's true, and a lot of people think... <clears throat> A lot of people think that um, Irvine is a very rich city and has no need, but that is absolutely not true. We have many children who are in need, and I can just tell you about some of the statistics from last year about the children that we served. We have a program called Operation School Bell, and this has been in existence for our whole existence, 25 years. Oh, wow. And so what we do is we provide backpacks, uh, school supplies, um, hygiene kits, and a book of the child's choice, and a dictionary, and a shopping spree at Target North. And each child is given a certain amount of money that, well, not the child, but anyway. <laughs> household. Household, yeah. Uh, between 100 and $150 per child for them to pick out their very own school clothes. And for many of the children, that is the first time they've ever received any brand new clothes for themselves. And we believe that if you look good and feel good, that you can learn much better. Um, and then we've also given uh, another major uh, charity that we have or, or program is our scholarship program. And we've given about last year $37,000 in scholarships to Irvine um, residents uh, who qualify. The, the, there are some are adults and some are children. Um, we have a program where the, we give grants to youngsters graduating from high school and if they qualify. And then also returning students to Irvine Valley College. And many of these are adults who have gone back to gain some education so that they can have a better life for their family. Many of them are single parents and have, you know, have the gumption to go back to school and try to better themselves for their families. Um, in terms of the demographics that we uh, serve, about 30% are Middle Eastern, 22% uh, Hispanic, and 16% African-American and 8% Asian and Caucasian 7%. All right. That's all Irvine. and All Irvine. All strictly Irvine. Strictly Irvine. So for those of you who've just joined us, I'm, we're going to have Diana Kavanaugh, the Resource Development Committee member for Irvine Systems League uh, in Irvine here, talking in advance of next week's, next Wednesday's, no, September 12th fundraiser known as the Orange County Community Foundation Igniting Potential, a giving day to support the youth. So let's talk about that. It's a collaboration of up to 12 different nonprofits that are going to take your call, folks. Yes, that's right. There are 12 organizations, nonprofits, we're a consortium who've gathered together for the benefit of the children in Orange County. Now, we, of course, are just... Um, fundraising for Irvine, the city of Irvine. The others are fundraising for areas in Anaheim, Costa Mesa, and one even international group, group uh, has joined us. And the kinds of um, things that they're involved in, we have two or three literacy groups that help 
children learn how to read at a very early age. Um, we have after-school programs uh, with some of the other organizations. Most of those are like in the Santa Ana area for the high-risk youth there. So it's kind of a wide range of this consortium, but our our focus is on Irvine, the city of Irvine. So then let's talk about the, this is the fourth annual uh, sort of collaborative fundraising effort? Um, this is the first kind of collaborative effort of this sort. Okay. In the past, they have had iHeart Orange County, if you might remember that, in 2015 and I think 16 or 17. Okay. And that's where a larger number of organizations had gotten together. For those of you who want to know where the store is, it's at 2452 Alton Parkway. This is where you can pick up some amazing things, and the revenue from what you buy at the store is part of the trove. But we're talking mainly about the Giving Day to, uh, on September 9th that will start right start fresh in the morning, right? Oh, right. yeah, like 12.01 a.m. Okay. <laughs> it's for the, 24 hours. Okay. And anyway, so I was going to tell you a little bit more about um, Orange County um, Community Foundation. If it weren't for them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Okay. They've they, got the infrastructure for they, you to do all this. Very much so. And we've worked with Reveille, which is a, or Reveille, I should say, yes. which is a marketing firm, uh, okay. international marketing firm that did all the branding and the marketing for us. And then there's a, um, a group called Fundraiser. Yes. And they are uh, giving us the platform. So when it's time to donate, you would go to their platform and you know give through that it's igniting dash potential okay. dot fundraise dot org and that would take you to the main page with beautiful graphics and um, the logos for each of the organizations all 12 all 12 assistance league of irvine is the first one because we start with a a oh, way to go <laughs> that was so tactical back in the day. It was good. Well, <laughs> the other thing is I should let you know yes. is that we are the lead organization for the 12. And that's quite amazing since we are all volunteers at our wow. organization. And the other organizations have paid staff. Wow. So we've bitten off a, quite a chunk here for ourselves. Well, look at the firepower. You've got all this sort of formidable sort of law career and all, all the things, all the volunteering you've done with such amazing organizations over the years. So it's sort of, there's a lot of heft that comes with this volunteer group. That's nothing to yeah. sneeze at. Well, I <laughs> do, would, I would like to make a little shout out to my Please. committee members. What'd you do? Yes. Simone Digart is our um, chair and Barbara Gilcrest is there and what am I saying here? Shannon O'Toole, Judy Schumacher, and Robin Sprang. And this is quite a powerhouse of ladies. Everybody has incredible backgrounds. And it, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't be able to do it either. You know, it's just, and we're very persistent yes. and um, impassioned. And that's why we're doing this not next week. We're doing it now. This is all, all the heft that you're bringing into this. It begs that we give everybody a chance to respond. We're, with the previous segment of today's Ask a Leader, we talked about getting everybody ready for September 26th and 29th, but ev everybody's got some important work to do, and we want for people to know in advance about the the wee hours of September 12th that people can start uh, going online. Is there, is there a phone number they can also call? Uh, no, everything's it's online. All, all online. That's that w it's automated that right. way, so people it, don't have to be exactly leaning over a phone bank <laughs> at all the odd hours. So yeah, okay. And so they they pledge, they pay with their credit card, their credit card right away, and it goes into the organization that anyone designates. In yes, that, the, the template there online. Yes. You can also yes, if you push on Assistance League of Irvine on our little logo our big logo, yes. um, that will take you to our page, and it'll show you what our goal is, which is $20,000. And then you put in, then you just get through the, the website there. Mm -hmm. It's very easy. Yes. And just, you know, give your information and what your pledge is. So, well, there's a few other details to wrap with that. So I've, I mentioned where the store is located, mm -hmm. and people can also bring things that are in just dandy condition, and those can also become 
the items that are there for sale for somebody else to buy them. That's right. Provides your revenue stream. And you are accepting every kind of seasonal item all times of the year. You've got the storage to to manage uh, when you push out those things. So if somebody's got a trove of a non-seasonal item right now, they can let you have and you can put those christmas things away until they have to come out because i mean i know exactly. that we talked about that when we you and i have appeared on this show before right we've talked about the shop well the shop is a quite an amazing place we like to call it a little boutique because we get such high-end um donations from major places you know like chico's and you know oh, well. in in terms of some of the clothes and we have beautiful jewelry some of the things that people bring in, I don't even think they understand the value of it. Some people have brought in gold pieces, and we've gone to the jeweler and said, what is this worth? And they've told us. So we've been able to make quite a bit off of our, if our the jewelry that comes into us. But household goods, um, children's and adults' clothing, books, you know, we can't take big furniture, but very, okay, very small items we can take. Because our, our place is quite small. But actually, with all of the um, nonprofits, well, I shouldn't say that, assistance leagues, there's several in Orange County. Right, right. The, the, the Newport Mesa one can take some of the, yes, the they, larger pieces. They I've can. I've been there, yeah. Yeah. But what I was going to say is that we make more per square foot in our store than any other store in Orange County. Well, with that any gold, other. no kidding. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's just very well organized yes. and well-priced and beautifully displayed. So the ongoing events that are fundraising, that's at the store, but then you have some specific things that you do month to month that are kind of special. Let's, let's let that, as we're drawing down, at least previously, that you had some senior kind of uh, events. Oh, or okay. We'll just go through those really quickly before we close the interview. Okay. Okay. First of all, we write grants, too. That's right. That's right. And we've gotten some nice grants from the city of Irvine and also Target and Toyota and the Crean organization. So those are the main ones. I think what you were talking about were discounts. We're on Yelp. We have a discount Yelp little coupon that's online. And also Senior Day is the third Thursday of the month, and they get 25% off. Okay, that's it. Well, that's an event. I mean, you're, you're sort of highlighting where people can get more out of their visit there and sort of tease them into sort of getting familiar with that. And then they probably, right. once they're there, they know, to, any customer, they know that it's an important place to stop by and get some right. really valuable things. We have a lot of return shoppers. We yes. all know them by name. <laughs> and they oh, okay, us. Okay. <laughs> well, I just a reminder that on September 12th, it's a week from tomorrow, if you're listening live, the Igniting Potential, a giving day to support the youth, will benefit Irvine's Assistance League, the Assistance League of Irvine, the correct term, and as well as 11 other nonprofit organizations. That's right. getting in touch on at the beginning of September 12th, at, right after midnight. That's after. right. So I want to thank you for coming down to the studio to talk about this wonderful enterprise coming up and ongoing because Assistance League is really, it's, it's a remarkable outlet in, both in giving and underwriting and contributing towards. So I, it's a class act down there. So I'm really glad that you could come down with me today to talk about this. It's our 25th anniversary, which we're celebrating this year, too. Congratulations. Is that right around this month? or is that, um, I think that we'll have happened? our celebration in October. In October, next month, then. Wonderful. Congratulations to you and all. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that is my wrap today. Thank you for listening, everyone. Talk to you next week.